Welcome to Staffing Stories, hosted by Andy Moss. Andy has been in the staffing industry for over 25 years, first as a recruiter, then eventually an account manager and business owner. This is the podcast where we sit down with fellow staffing owners to get the real stories of the successes, the failures, and the lessons learned along the way. Well, welcome back to Staffing Stories. I'm your host, Andy Moss, and I've always, always enjoyed doing these uh, conversations. And today I'm going to be interviewing Natalie Meadows with BGT uh, Staffing here in my hometown of Knoxville, Tennessee. I've known that group for quite a while, and I reached out to him and said, hey, can I put some of you on the hot seat? And Natalie quickly raised both of her hands. I like to be I like to be on stage. Yeah, yeah, microphone. It's where I belong. Well, we're, we're glad to have you, and I just I really appreciate you wanting to be on the, the show with us. And we are we are coming into the Thanksgiving holidays, and it's always good um, to give thanks to all of us around, you know, especially in our community and stuff. And I know you guys are heavily involved in the Knoxville area, so appreciate that. Yes. What is something that I guess you're thankful for, I guess, in the staffing world these days that maybe we could start off with? What am I thankful for? You know, um, at the end of the day, it's both sets of my clients. It's the company and it's the candidate, because if I don't have one, I don't have the other, other. quite frankly. So it's like, um, you know, matchmaking, of course. But I I actually like to to lead my business of, you know, really asking God, universe, whatever it, it is to really just send me some people that might need some help yep. and that might make an impact on me um, that I can help make an impact on them. Um, I've been in the staffing business where it is uh, throwing spaghetti against the wall and hoping something sticks just uh-huh. to have good gross margin. Yep. Um, and as the owner of this company, I, I just didn't want to do that anymore. So I'm thankful for my two sets of clients, the company and the candidates and the associates. That is awesome. So walk, tell us a little bit about BGT and just kind of what you're about and how you kind of got started. Just, you know, fill us in. Yeah. So um, there is a company called BGT Recruiting and Consulting, and it is owned by Jill Green and Christine Bell. They started it about 11 years ago and kind of focusing finance, accounting, marketing, HR, a lot of the higher level uh, direct hire type positions. Jill Green and myself knew each other from the Chamber Ambassador Program. And if she, if she had, say, placed a, a CFO and they called and said, oh, my gosh, you know, I need an APAR person, she didn't really have that level of a candidate. So she would send it to me at the company that I was at. Um, so we did that for a very long time, and Jill just kept giving me money. <laughs> so she just kept passing, passing it off to me. And I found myself just uh, in a phase of life, uh, children at a certain age and just wanting to do some things different. My soul told me that I could slow down to do more. And as a mother of twins, I was kind of missing everything in the elementary school. So Jill and I sat down to have breakfast one morning and she just said, why are we not doing this together? And I said, 
That's a really good question. So that was, I think, September of 2019. December of 2019, we were signing paperwork and we opened officially our doors February 2nd of 2020, six weeks before a global pandemic. That And then the world turns upside down. You know, it's kind of funny. I started my business in 07, right in the middle of a recession. I mean, it's just uncanny how uh, we get thrown curved right out of the gate. We do. And sometimes if if we get I have never been a business owner until now. So I'm kind of being mentored by these ladies. So if I ever I try not to stay in a fearful um, lack mentality. But if I ever just get a little weird, me and Jill look at each other and we're like, hey, do you remember that time we started a business during a pandemic? (laughs) So we just start laughing. And if we can if we can, you know, survive through that, surely we'll be fine across the board. So walk me through the balance of, or like, I guess the mental, um, I guess, hurdles you had to come over to come from, you know, working for a company to now doing your own thing. Was that a hard transition or has that been uh, a tough one? Um, It's been the best decision I've ever made personally. Um, I love this question and it's kind of out of the box. I, I like to live a life of truth and freedom and really just being a good human. I started this company with Jill and Christine, um, but before that, I was doing a lot of soul searching just in general, kind of had my own uh, personal awakening of sorts. And I was doing this Zoom call with, I was taking a class of somebody that I was uh, following on Instagram. And it was just, it was a woman about creating your own business and doing what you love. And she got to me on on Zoom that day and she said, Natalie, tell me, why do you stay at your current company? And I said, for the money. And she goes, that's gross. <laughs> and I kind of got I kind of got offended. I was like, excuse me. And like she leaned up to the, the camera and she goes, I said, that's gross. And so I kind of sat there and thought, you know, I'm working for this huge company. I have a lot of people that are underneath me that are working and working hard. And, you know, as management, I could go on a vacation if I wanted to. And I know it sounds a little dramatic, but I'm totally dramatic. But I I thought, like, I'm kind of killing these people's soul, my employees. Mm -hmm. And that was gross. And so that's when my soul said, you can actually slow down to do more. And that's just how I'm choosing to live my life as a whole right now. Um, so to answer your question in a very, very long winded way, um, it, it was a transition. Yes. Financially, (laughs) you know, um, but I made the, least amount of money in year one that I'd probably ever in my life, but I was happier than I'd ever been in my life. Yeah. Well, you know, there's a, when you work for yourself, you know, you learn a lot more. I mean, when when everything, the buck stops with you. And I know when I first started Enforce, you know, you're having to recruit, you're having to 
run payroll, you're having to find the next sale. Um, and I, you know, I thrive in that kind of fast, you know, changing world, but man, you really start to push yourself of what you can do. Yeah. Um, and that, uh, that, that to me was my kind of awakening moment is like, man, I didn't realize everything, every, all the steps involved in this process. So, um, it's, um, Luckily, I had learned that at my old company. Um, I had wonderful training of every, you know, because we we were a large volume staffing. I mean, we were putting about a thousand plus people to work a week. So I dealt with anything and everything every yeah. single day. So I was able to come in really kind of knowing, you know, I didn't just do one job. Yeah. in in staffing i had i was responsible for it all so you know i'm i know eeoc rules i know you know i know um how to do people's payroll i know how to go after a client that hasn't paid so i've kind of done every position in my old company so when you see um our industry change over the years since you've been in it as long as i have is what um what excites you with some of the technologies out there or like what excites you with some of the changes that have gone through or maybe what scares you? I was fixing to say what excites me. Right <laughs> it's still, we're still dealing with humans and we're still, we are, work, we, but it's, we're not dealing with phone books anymore. We're not dealing with, you know, it, it, I mean, everybody's at the click of a button now. I'll tell you, I think what excites me and I don't know if this is going to be the best answer, but I will say back in 2005, when I started in staffing here in Knoxville, I was doing outside sales and it was a time where I could sell that my people were better than Andy's people. Yeah. I could sell that because I knew the type of due diligence that we were doing. And this was even at a company before the one I spent a decade at. Um, the testing, the due diligence, the anything that we were doing, I could sell that my people were probably better. And I, and I believed in it. Mm -hmm. um, I can't do that anymore. <laughs> and so I think what excites me the most is educating companies that staffing is just outsourcing mm -hmm. right now. And, you know, what I can guarantee for my company is when you call, you're either going to get one of the owners or my assistant. So I've been in the large, large staffing companies where people come and go and a client will call in and be like, where, where's my recruiter? And they don't have a clue. So um, when I am selling my business, um, I just tell them, you know, I can't, this is outsourcing the way I tell people is I could clean my own house. I just don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to deal with it. And so I'm going to pay a premium to have somebody else come in here and do it for me. And then I get time back, you know? So, um, but I think that brings in the human aspect of it. Cause I tell them like, I can't produce this magical perfect person <laughs> that you want because we're all still humans yep um so i feel like even especially kind of post covid um we're all just humans and i 
I didn't like the days when I was selling that I could give them a perfect human because that doesn't yeah. exist. So when you talk about, you know, we talked earlier a little bit before we got on the recording of, you know, some of the, the things we have at concerns about walk me through that. Cause you, you were, you brought up something in that I want you to kind of describe to our listeners. Yeah. So I think what concerns me the most right now, and maybe it's because of the phase that I'm in, in life, I have two kids that are 15 and being a parent that has worked since they were 15, um, their, their father has worked since he was 15. I own this company. We placed him and he's my ex-husband. We placed him in a role as a president and CEO. And so we're both raising these kids as hard workers. But when you have to compete with this and compete with the schools and stuff, it's just really hard to teach kids, young adults, how to look somebody in the eye. Yeah. How to be able to sit in front of your boss when they're telling you, you kind of stink. I'm putting you on a plan or whatever it may be. So I'm actually really interested and inspired of, you know, cause here's the thing in 10 years, my kids and all their cronies are who you and I are going to be able to hire. Yeah. That's and it's a scary. And that should be scary. <laughs> and so I'm actually, um, and even college age kids, like I don't know, that they're prepared. I, yeah. I mean, literally it's, I see the same thing in um, uh, my, my twins, which is kind of funny. You have twins. I have twins are, our seniors in high school. Well, they started at COVID and, you know, they are kind of this lost yeah. class of high schoolers that they're probably a year or two behind where they should be. Um, and it is a, it's a whole, but that, that is going to be our employable class in another eight, nine years. And, um, we're not producing enough talent in, in, especially in the United States. So what are we doing to get creative around that? But uh, if we don't start focusing our attention to the, the next working class, it's going to be rough on everybody. Yeah. But we also have to, and it's even hard for me because I, grew up um, very uh, as a salesperson and very kind of masculine energy. Like I would eat what I kill. I would get out and I would hunt and I would bust it and I would, you know, make sure on a rainy day I'd be out making sales calls because you were probably sitting at home. I'm just kidding. <laughs> totally kidding. But I, be. I didn't that's how I was as a salesperson. And I was brought up in that world from my bosses and and kind of my dad but what i also think is important is our clients those bosses they have got to understand we're not wired that way anymore yeah we're just not and so i had a client the other day you know tell me that and i felt like this person was probably i say it's in the generation of good work ethic Mm -hmm. hustling, knowing what to do. And she just said, you know, I'm just worried. I don't know if she's a self-starter. I don't know if she's proactive enough. I don't know. And I said, but, the further back we go, that's yeah. not in their DNA. No. And I don't, I don't mean to sound like a grumpy old man, but it's, um, 
you know, it's a perfect thing. My son, uh, we, BGT Recruiting and Consulting, they have FEI, it's Financial Executives International, and they have the chapter here in Knoxville. And they were having a guest speaker, and he was the past CFO of the Boston Celtics. Well, my son is a huge Boston Celtics fan, so I brought him with me. And I was talking to him in the car, and my son luckily is cut from my cloth. He has a ton of charisma and will do great in life. But he he said, I told him, I said, when you talk to this man, shake his hand, look him in his eye, you know, ask him for a business card. And he's like, why do I need his business card? I was like, because yeah. you, you don't know if, if you're in Boston one day, maybe you email him. But so the guy ended up, they spoke, the guy gave my son his card. Well, when Will's dad got there, he was like, dad, I got his business card. He said I could text him. I said, no, he did not. <laughs> you, you cannot text yeah. the past CFO. Like, that's just not, we will well, put an email together. How they think is, yes. is always interesting that, that in every generation is different. So it is. my generation thinks different than the, you know, the ones coming up, but um, as employing employment professionals recognizing that and trying to coach our clients and, you know, almost this is what you're getting. This is kind of like what we see because sometimes our clients, they don't, they don't follow the things as close as, as we do as staffing professionals. And I think encouraging everybody that's listening to this is to understand the product that you're trying to place um, the good and the bad, because that is why we get called to the table. Yeah. I mean, that's why we get um, paid what we get paid. It's not you're taking an order and you're slinging a body over there. You really need to to help the client out with answering these questions because helping them manage these people is, oh, good. I mean, I've already lost enough hair, but. You know, it, <laughs> Luckily, it, I've got plenty, but it, I totally it, understand. But, you, you know, know it, I, I love the human the human aspect. I think when, when you've been in this business so long, you can be a little jaded of, uh, humans, but you know, I say it all the time, the old company that I worked at, we did a lot of industrial. And if we go back, say five years, I would always say, if you don't live with somebody that makes $10 an hour, if you don't go to church with them, if you don't live next door to them, if you don't yeah. hang out with them, like you really don't know how a lot of the world lives. Yeah. And it was, it, I was so compassionate to, you know, the 45 year old man that had five kids and was crying because his paycheck was off $14. Yeah. And so that's real life for a lot of people. Yep. And so um, being able to make an impact for for people, humans, just in general, is why I stay in this crazy business. Well, you, you've given us a lot to think about on this podcast. And, I, you know, I really appreciate you kind of give us insight of kind of who you are and kind of what BGT is has done. And um, I do think being conscious of our next employable group is going to be something that I think all of us could take focus in. Yeah. Um, to wrap this up, I want to ask you a little question that we're in the, the spirit of Thanksgiving. So what is the age old answer to, is it pecan or pecan? Pecan. 
pecan. Okay. For sure. I've never yeah. said pecan a day in my life. Well, we're from East Tennessee. So, right. so you, you probably asked someone down the road, they're going to say something different, but I know. Again, thank you so much for being on this, on Thanks this. Thanks for having me. And, um, great to get to know you a little bit better. Thank you. All right. The Staffing Stories podcast is brought to you by 3DIQ, founded by recruiters for recruiters. 3DIQ's industry-leading product suite complements your submission process in Bullhorn from start to finish and helps you deliver a cutting-edge customer experience. Triple your placements with our powerful resume submission platform, candidate marketing, and client portal. Visit 3DIQ.com stories to learn more.